it's so corrupt. It, it is so corrupt. And I've had people that blame this, this entire thing on the incompetency of government bodies or incompetency of politicians. No, mate, this is the corruption and the deep corruption and things like this should show you that in our courts, in our governing bodies, globally. Globally. Five Aiders, how are we? Welcome back to another episode of the 5-8 Take. As you heard just then, this is a spicy episode. As if you're watching this, um, we have changed the set around. Uh, everything's a bit more uh, minimalistic, I'd say. We got some blue in in the background representing the true blue Aussie, mate. And it's a bit, it's a bit uh, warmer. It feels more comfortable. If you're listening to this, not much has changed. Uh, thank you so much for coming back and enjoying another episode. This episode is awesome. I suggest that you go view this episode rather than just listen to it because we do have a lot of edits in there to visually show what we're talking about. And our next guest is an alt media personality in Sydney. She's part of Z Media, which is her own brand. And she was also part of a major documentary here, which was called Our Voices Matter. If you don't know Our Voices Matter, it was a documentary that showed adverse reactions to the COVID-19 vaccine. It was frowned upon by the mainstream media and loved by the general public of Sydney. She has now broken out on her own and she has interviewed doctors, she has interviewed senators, she has interviewed uh, musicians from America, she's interviewed a lot of people. She does a lot of lives. I think she should do a podcast. Maria probably should have said that to you whilst we were doing this podcast, but I think you'll be great at it. Uh, she's an awesome human and it was an amazing conversation. Before we get there, this episode could not be possible without our sponsor. And I want to give them a shout out right now. And now a word from our sponsor. Loanoptions.ai. I'll say it again. Loanoptions.ai. If you want to consolidate your debt, if you want to get a business loan, I, that's what I recommend. I recommend getting a business loan in this time, figuring out, maneuvering your passion and strategically invest in yourself. Whatever it is, whatever loan that you need, if it is to get out of this country for the time being. Maybe you want to escape for a little bit. I'm Brazilian and I heard that actually this week, I heard that you don't need a vaccine passport to get to Brazil. There's actually a list of countries where you don't need a vaccine passport. So if you want to get a loan to travel, go to these guys, loanoptions.ai. Go to loanoptions.ai slash 58. 
They don't discriminate, we don't discriminate. They support us, support them, support yourself, invest in yourself. Now let's get into the episode. I hope you enjoy the new studio, I do. Also, one last thing. The episode was in the morning, so we got this uh, sunlight coming down, some massive sunlight, and we uh, need to block that. So throughout this episode, you'll see it's different in color, and we're sorting that out. But it doesn't make much difference. For those of you listening, enjoy. I suggest you go watch, because the new set, hang on line, man, I like it. I like it. Good to see you guys again. Let's get into the show. Laya. You're listening to episode 82 of the 58 Take, Australia's podcast. Eat, live on, and don't forget, tan your balls. I, I came out with a story. I, I had a very small following. I was very passionate about all of this, but I didn't really know how to make a difference. So I was just sharing stuff. And, um, and a friend of mine got in touch with me with an experience that a mutual friend had uh, mm. in hospital. And I, I just came out one night on, on Instagram Live and shared the story. And it went viral. I had no intention of it going viral. I just thought my little circle that I had, you know, my, my, mm. my, my tiny following um, was going to hear about the story and hopefully share what was happening to people in hospital. Um, but yeah, it went, it went, it, it, it went viral. And, um, and the, the person that was supposed to come on, um, mm. basically we were told by lawyers not to get that person on. Mm. And the family also asked for me to stop speaking on it. But what happened was one of the, one of the um, larger accounts in Sydney got in touch with me and said, Hey, I know someone that's doing adverse reaction victims. I think this person can help you. Mm. Um, and that's how Alan and I from OVM got in touch. And then from there um, it just, it just kept going. It just kept mm. going. Yeah. Cause you, you did a mad job reaching out to people and, you know, getting everyone on to support that entire, like to me, looking looking out and looking at that project like uh the production side was was amazing but the outreach to the content creators and to the alt media supporting it that was awesome to see you like to me you united a lot of people and it it i don't know what happened exactly after that you the, the you got to how many episodes did you guys get out we got two. We were working on releasing the third. Uh, and then when um, when Alan's friend's son went missing, when we came back from looking for AJ, uh, Alan decided to take a break. But it was before he actually made that decision, we got back and um, and the, like that week we were supposed to release the next episode. And YouTube, Facebook and and Instagram simultaneously took the episodes off their platforms saying that it violated community guidelines. It happened like in one hit. That's yeah. And then was very overwhelmed from, from everything that was going on and whatever. So he just said he needed to focus on his business and family and everything. Mm. Uh, and I just continued on the media path. And is, are they still doing stuff? Are you guys still doing stuff with OVM? Is that complete? Are you completely separated from that now? Yeah, completely. Yeah, because yeah, I saw I saw a post that he did, and it was it was just yeah, it was a weird post. It, it seemed like it got such like it a build, and then it just hit a wall. 
And uh, yeah. so many people were were seemed like they were putting a lot of faith in it because you guys were doing amazing work telling the other side of the story, and then suddenly it just disappeared out of out of nowhere. And I know it's it's tough because you know your mate's son gets uh, lost in the forest. Uh, I believe that's that's the the what happened, um, and then I get I guess he got discouraged. But you guys didn't want to continue it. You and the other girl, what's her name? Uh, Rita, the journalist. Yeah. Yeah. I was, look, Diego, at that point, I was already kind of um, working on my independent side of reporting and things like that because it was more than just adverse reactions that I was working on. Yeah. I was doing a ridiculous amount of hours. Um, and then when Alan made that decision, I thought, well, I'm going to continue doing this on my own because at least if if anything when you're working with others you've got a kind of um a direction you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. whereas now i i can do it how i want to do it um and that that works for me better i i left corporate um for multiple reasons you know one of the reasons was not wanting to bring my company into disrepute because of the stuff that i was doing mm. but um i you know i i also left corporate because i was very um opposed to the lack of freedom that I felt working in a corporate organization. So to, to kind of be doing that again, um, without having free reign of the way that I want to share stories, um, you know, it, it just seemed natural to me to go out on my own and that's why I'm doing it again. I'm doing adverse reaction victims again. And you're smashing it, mate. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. I just wanted some light on that. Cause I, I feel like it was just a sort of abrupt thing and it, no one really talked about it. It was just sort of, it was just under, under the rug, but it makes sense. And it makes sense that you're now moving uh, back into adverse reaction and showing the, that side of things. Z, where did Z media come from, mate? Like, where did that, like, where, and what are you, what are you planning to do on it? You're, you're like, yeah, I'll just see this trailblazer smashing it out of the park in Sydney. And it's, it's just awesome to see, dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Z media, it was, it happened by accident, like as in the name, um, Maria, Maria Z was an accident as well, but, um, but you know, it's, it just kind of, it, when sometimes when when people call me or I call them, they answer it with Z, and so it just became Z. <laughs> I'm just known as Z. So I thought, well, Z Media. That's that's who I am. Um, what am I planning with it? There are a lot of plans uh, which are very costly, and you know, I don't. I, this isn't something that I'm paid for. Um, but basically, I want to have an independent platform uh, that's not censored. Eventually, be able to interview people on that platform and have a live uh, streaming service for it. Um, but that's just not financially possible right now. Uh, I I plan on having a, a a news page on there with properly written articles. I'm so passionate about uncensored media. Uh, we are in desperate need for it in this country. I think overseas they've done it very well, but here it hasn't been done as as big as it could. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if you caught the live broadcast that Fanos organised the other night, we had we peaked at over 20,000 viewers. That is massive numbers, which shows you the desperate need that people have for the truth. And 
being as passionate I am as I am about getting the truth out there, I plan on having articles. Um, there are a few different inspirations that, that I have for that, but articles that sort of break down the statistics are able to show people what's really going on, reporting, and then also having the interviews, the streams. I plan on continuing the interviews mm. well beyond because this this isn't going to end anytime soon. No, I don't I don't think so. And that what happened the other night with um, – uh, I believe Thanos organized that. Did he reach out to you guys or how did that come about? That was amazing. He, he reached out to me and he said, oh, I'm thinking of doing this and, you know, getting a couple of couple of people on. And then through me reaching out to some people, him advertising, it went, you know, uh, uh, then it ended up with larger accounts actually contacting him and saying, we'd love to be a part of this. And it just exploded from there, which was wonderful. It was so great to see people all over Australia supporting Victoria, but also the understanding that if that passes in Victoria, it's going to come everywhere. That Dan Andrews, mate, that guy's a slimy fucker, eh? That guy's a weird dude. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how he got such support. Like from the get go, why did Victorians vote for that guy? He's, he's, he's doesn't seem smart. He's not good looking, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> not that that counts for anything, but I tell you what, maybe they thought his ears would just fly him out of whatever they were in. What happened the other day where everyone got together? First of all, all the, all the, all the police stuff that happened in, in Melbourne, um, that is, was horrific. I think the internationally everyone could recognize that that was ridiculous. And that new bill, do you, do you know about, uh, about it? Do you know much about it? Do you want to break it down for us? Yeah, it's crazy. So it allows the premier to basically have supreme rule over the state of Victoria. Even if no pandemic is present in Victoria, Australia, or anywhere in the world, he can declare a pandemic because it talks about pandemic potential. So he could say someone sneezed in Venezuela and we need to declare it's a pandemic like that. And because even though that sounds ridiculous and like he wouldn't do it you've got to consider his patterns of behavior and see that actually dan andrews is very capable of doing something ridiculous like that now um it it allows people to be discriminated against or targeted based on their race their religion their sexual orientation their religion uh, i already said religion uh their their political views uh you know and any groups that they're in yeah. any group so this is very dangerous for people that have an opposing view to the government um, any type of opposing view. It's really, really serious. And the fines, from what I understand, because we worked out the penalty units when, when Fanos and I were, were trying to calculate it. So the individuals, the individual fines are around $22,000, then businesses $90,000 and up to $450,000 for a corporation for breaking any rule that Dan Andrews makes up in his head. The committee that is responsible for, um, that, that he's appointed to guide him on his pandemic declarations mm. and what measures are required are appointed by him, but he can also override them. So at any point the Cho can say, oh no, that's not the best health advice and Dan can go, nope, it is. 
and, and just go for it. And on top of that, if you break any of those rules, you can be uh, imprisoned for two years. When's his election? When, when can people get him out? Like it does, it seems like that guy is just putting all the power so he can never get out of office. It doesn't really make sense. Like how that guy's still on. What annoyed me is Fiona, uh, Patton, Patton. Yeah. She seems like a little rat, mate. Like she, she seemed like she was on the side of everyone. I don't know how you saw it. She seemed like she was, you know, supporting all, all the people in Melbourne. And then suddenly she's, oh, I'm going off social media because of bullying. And then she comes out with this bullying ad on the day of the bill to take, you know, to take eyes off the bill. And she seems like she's the only one that can really, you know, block it, her and a few other constituents. And it, what looks like is that she's just been playing everyone all along. Is that what you've been seeing on your end? That's what I'm hearing. I don't know enough about her specifically, but what I do know is a number of these people who are who we've been told are going to be supporting this bill have turned off their social media comments. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that too. So, you know, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, the other problem that we have at the moment is, uh, so Tim Smith, who was heavily opposed to this, and what people need to understand, there's been footage that's been shared, and I interviewed MP Tim Quilty as well, who are, Tim Quilty said, Dan Andrews is displaying obsessive behaviour. Tim Smith in Parliament referred to Dan as a dictator. As the chair of this body should be very concerned by the way it's being treated by various individuals in the Australian Labor Party. Disgraceful, disgraceful mistreatment of our democratic traditions, giving dictator dictatorial powers. And you're nodding your head. You think it's great. You think it's terrific, don't you? Order. You Order. think it's absolutely Order. fantastic, Order. giving the dictator Order. the ability to I rule by decree. This is an MP, a senior MP in Parliament, calling their Premier a dictator. We need to be very concerned when in Parliament they're acknowledging that this man is a dictator. Now, this guy, Tim Smith, conveniently gets a drink driving charge on Sunday night and now he's stepping down and not able to vote and he was heavily opposed to this. And the others that are opposed currently are banned from going to vote because they won't show their medical papers. What? Oh, yeah. Yes. So... So there are members of parliament. Uh, oh, geez. Why can't I remember his name now? I just interviewed him the other night. He's, he's amazing. Limber? He's, he's double-juiced. Yes. Yes, David Limbrick. Yeah. yeah he's double-juiced. He's had both shots. He's been open about that. He went, He actually went on, on mainstream media at a press conference and said, I'm, I stand against medical apartheid. Cut up his vaccination card yes. uh, on on. Yeah, on camera. And then so so he is all for the vaccines, but he's saying I'm not okay for people to be forced to get it. It should be an available option for those who choose to, to go through with that. Now he's be, he's banned from voting in parliament unless he produces his medical papers, which he's standing against because he's saying well, that 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 can that contributes to the problem of segregation. I don't want to produce my papers. It shouldn't be a requirement. Now there are arguments now saying, well, he should just do it and hurry up because we need his vote. 
I understand that. But then it's like every time you every time you agree to their conditions, you are submitting to their tyranny. So it's like you have you got to draw a line somewhere. It's 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 a difficult position to be in. I I think that we need his vote personally, but you know they were all shunned down to a basement in a nightclub. As as yes, <laughs> it seems they're operating out of a nightclub. Uh, <laughs> Tim Quilty did a shout out to the nightclub the other night um, when I interviewed him. Uh, you know, it's I think it's it's a sad sad state of affairs. And the other thing that people need to consider, you know, I I, I had I posted a few things on TikTok. I keep getting canned off TikTok. I keep trying, you know, um, but but um, I, I posted something to TikTok. About, about you know the level of tyranny and people start commenting i live in australia it's not this bad what's your problem and it's like you you don't realize that we have members of parliament saying that our premier in victoria is a dictator mm. we've got them saying that he is displaying obsessive behavior he is trying to introduce a bill that will literally control he will have complete control over the state mm. and our prime minister hasn't said a word you don't see how serious this situation is our prime minister is off doing comedy skits with sushi mango <laughs> Right. Who I don't have a problem with the guy, but I'm saying he thinks that's the priority right now. Mm. Right. Instead of addressing the fact that one of his state premiers is completely out of control. Yeah. He's and it's not the people. It's not the people saying that he's out of control. It's members of parliament. Yeah. Sorry. That, that's on. no, you're completely right. It's the member of parliament that's saying he's a dictator. It's it's not mm. just the general public. And it blows my mind that people can't see that. It blows my mind that people when Candace Owens put out a thinking, it was it was a impactful um I think it was just a tweet that she did, but she did also do a monologue following it where she asked for why wouldn't we send someone down to Australia like to support for the last 20 years, the United States has spent trillions of dollars overseas in Afghanistan fighting a war, which we lost, by the way. We were told that the war was necessary anyway. It was necessary. The slaughtering of American sons and daughters on foreign soil because we were fighting a noble cause to spread democracy in a tyrannical land to free an oppressed people. So I'm going to ask those same lecturing politicians and media members a question now. When do we deploy troops to Australia? When do we invade Australia and free and oppress people who are suffering under a totalitarian regime? When do we spend trillions of dollars to spread democracy in Australia? Australia currently, make no mistake, is a tyrannical police state. Its citizens are quite literally being imprisoned against their will. So when do we deploy? These people going at Candace, these people going at Rogan, these people going at alt media saying, oh, Australia's fine. It, it's like they don't just, they don't see what's going on. Maybe they're just stuck watching The Bachelor. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mad situation. And the Prime Minister, instead of going at Dan Andrews, he's there having bickering with the French president. Uh, yeah. regarding, you know, those submarines. Like, mate, like we're here now. We're not talking about submarines that are going to come into action in 2038 or whatever it was. Scott Morrison just seems like he just doesn't doesn't really care. 
He just seems like he's he's living in his own planet. I don't know. He, he's a weird leader. I really don't don't can't put my finger on that guy. What are your thoughts on him? <laughs> I I think uh, this guy came out and said that he was a Christian so that he would give people a false sense of security, particularly Christians in the country right before he ruined all the churches, ruined absolutely or allowed the ruin of the churches. Scott Morrison and, and, and mosques, by the way, like he's he's a, he's he's ruined everything. He's ruined people's religious freedoms. And he he has basically bypassed the Constitution, which is supposed to offer us these freedoms by passing the buck to the states and just like just pretended that it's you know well like i have no control over it it's it's in the hands of the states well what do you even exist for mate if you have no control over your premiers just off you go resign and we'll just deal with them direct i mean what why do you even exist true very true and so i saw he's playing dumb do you reckon he's playing dumb or do you reckon he's playing a because I saw that ABC did an entire piece saying he's part of QAnon. Did you did you catch that a little while ago? In this particular story, there are much larger implications. Tim Stewart has been a long-term friend of the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and it is not a religious cult Tim Stewart has been involved with, but a conspiratorial ideology the FBI has identified as a driver of domestic terrorism in the United States. QAnon is a far-right political-religious conspiracy theory alleging that satanic, cannibalistic pedophiles run a global child sex trafficking ring. The Prime Minister has, for almost two years, refused to answer any questions about his friendship with prominent QAnon supporter Tim Stewart. Why? The fact that uh, those opposite may wish to ask questions uh, about the husband of a friend of the Prime Minister's wife is question for them. If the Prime Minister of this country has allowed a discredited conspiracy group, which is dangerous and regarded as a terrorist threat by the FBI, to have input to government statements, then that is a matter of the most serious grievance. I was like, what is going on? And then on Twitter, it trended that Scott Morrison was cute. And I was like, what are these guys, what are they talking about? What What is everyone on about? I think people have a, people, people hope that some of these things are true. Uh, you know, that Trump will just reappear out of nowhere, that, you know, that ScoMo is actually on, on the right side and he's just pretending and playing along and all that sort of stuff. You wouldn't stand up and be like, Australia, we've reached 80%. Wonderful. Yes. Global genocide. Woo if you were on the right side, you would be putting uh, smarter media releases out there. Now, um, I, I understand that people have hope in, in, you know, this or that happening. I don't, I'm not opposed to hope, but what I'm saying is let's, let's be a little bit more realistic. This is a globally uh, coordinated plan anyone who's in a serious position of leadership has to be in on this because of because of the nature of the plan right they're not going to put a good guy in uh you know when when they're planning on poisoning the entire global population it just doesn't happen i want to touch on uh religion in a little a little bit because you you mentioned uh scott morrison uh, being part of the church but before all of this did you 
lean left or right or were you uh, into conspiracies? Were you just from the, from the, from a, a broader angle looking down from the politics perspective and a plan in order and, you know, as Kerry Chant and Brad Hazard said, New World Order, did you look at any of that beforehand? Yeah, I knew about the New World Order when I was... I don't remember what age, but basically September 11 happened. My dad sat me down and he's like, let me tell you about the world. <laughs> you know? so, I love that. <laughs> so I had a wild childhood, mate. <laughs> um, I've always known it's coming. I didn't expect it to be this fast and hard hitting. And I didn't necessarily expect it uh, to be in the form of a virus many years ago. I thought that it was going to be, um, you know, through media, through through celebrities, through, and we, and we see, we see the steps they have poisoned. I, I actually think they've, they've poisoned our society to such a level um, of, of wanting, you know, everyone being obsessed with materialism. And, yeah. and celebrity culture and all this sort of stuff. And, and what it's done is this, this, this period away from that has actually made everyone reevaluate what's important, yeah. which means that it contributes to the whole you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. It's actually part of the plan. Mm. So it's so well thought out and it's so, they have such a deep understanding of the human psyche yeah. and everything that they've been doing for many years has been gearing towards this. Now I knew about the new world order many, many years ago and I was watching the steps, I, you know, I saw it, but I didn't speak out on social media. I tried to stay off social media before this <laughs> because I'm like, that thing is a tool. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near it. Now I see it as a tool to spread awareness. Yeah, I feel like social media sort of backfired on them. It's sort of they thought it'll be this new introduction. They'll get away from celebrities and they'll go to the, you know, common people and idolise them and everyone will feel like they're sort of like the common people, but it seems like it's had a backfire. Were you political at all? Like did you lean left or did you lean right? My my political (laughs) views were none of them can be trusted. Those yeah. were my political views. Mm. I didn't I didn't favor any one politician over another. I still don't. I give I give airtime to those who are doing the right thing yeah. to fight this thing right now. Um, do I do I trust any particular political parties? Well, actions speak louder than words. Mm. So, you know, how many times have we seen politicians make promises and then not follow through? Um, the ones that, you know, special mention, Senator Malcolm Roberts, honestly, the guy makes time for people. He is saying he is fighting for the right things. Senator G- Gerard Rennick as well, you know, on Sky News, exposing adverse reaction victims. Yeah. That is not just talk, that's action. That's going into the mainstream media and exposing what's really going on. That to me is admirable. That means mm, maybe we can actually look to this guy to see what he's got in store for the country. You know, what I mean? for, the, yeah. for the state. These are the kinds of things that I respect, um, you know, but but can can any of them be fully trusted? Well, time will tell. You do consider there to be someone in the political spectrum that can go ahead and make change. You don't think we got to take this entire system down? I don't know if I expect that politics will be the answer. Wow. Um, I, I think the answer is in the people. Yeah. But 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 the it's a multi-angle battle, right? Yeah. 
it's, it's, it's politics, it's media, it's people, it's relationships, it's talking to your neighbour about the, the truth that you just heard about adverse reactions. I had a former staff member call me recently and say, because when I left my company, I didn't, I didn't make a show of it. I just kind of left because I didn't want anyone to know that, I, you know, they're a government funded organisation and I'm out here saying the government's trying to kill you. You know, it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, right? I get so, you, I get so, you. So I just kind of left. And so one of my old staff members called and said, why, why did you leave? And I said, all right, I'm going to tell you. Um, and I, and I explained what I'm doing now. And she said, are people having adverse reactions? She didn't know. She didn't know. Wow, dude. That's insane. There's people act out there 18 months later that, (laughs) <laughs> Bro, there's 18 months later, they still believe that, you know, that this is a pandemic, first of all. And then there's people out there that since the vaccine has been launched, don't believe that there's anything wrong, no adverse reaction at all. That yes. blows my mind. They exist. Where, like, what so, rock are they under? Like, what did you ask her a question? How do you not know that there's adverse reaction to vaccines? It's very simple. When have you once heard it on the mainstream media? When have you once read a proper news article about this in the mainstream? It's not out there. People have to know about independent media sources and the and the alternative ways of finding information to find this stuff because we're so heavily censored. So so p- people that don't People that have a natural inclination towards trusting their government, trusting organisations, big organisations, well, they're reputable. They must be good Pfizer. You know, I asked a friend of mine one day, you know, what research have you done? She said, I went on the Pfizer website and I I wanted to do this. You know, that's not research, right? But (laughs) but my point is um, people that don't know that these, these information sources exist because they're so well hidden wouldn't know. Now, as I said to you, like I, I'm naturally inclined to go looking for this stuff because I was red pilled when I was 10 years old. Mm. <laughs> Not mm. everyone had that luxury, yeah. you know? So, um, but, but that was the biggest wake up call for me because I thought, Oh my gosh, there are people out there who may have said no, if they knew, I mean, I already knew this, but if they knew that this stuff existed, they would have been firmer in their decision to say no. And then we wouldn't have been at the high rates that we are, although I doubt the percentages they're saying are real. We wouldn't have been at these high rates. We would have had more horsepower behind us standing against this stuff. We've got to get it out there. 100%. Do you, because I, the Nuremberg situation, right? Do you believe there's a Nuremberg 2.0 coming? Because when I had a discussion with um, Dr. Robert Malone, um, he he opened up in the end. By the way, he's an amazing person. Uh, like he, we got along so well. And at the end, he dropped something that I haven't clipped yet, and I should. He said that there's a hole in the bioweapons a treaty there is a hole in the biowarfare treaty okay the biowarfare treaty prevents the development of lethal agents it doesn't prevent the development of incapacitating agents and the people in my world know that fact if you inoculate someone to not go to war that's allowed 
And that mixed in with, which is a, essentially, a, if, you, if you inoculate them with a flu-like symptom, for example, inside the biowarfare treaty, it's sort of, it's, it's, it's the hole that's in there. That's why this, this entire thing is, is allowed to occur essentially. And that including when you go vaccinated and you sign the form, essentially the form is consent. So to my understanding, Nuremberg doesn't sit. It will, it, it there's no possibility of it coming to fruition with those two, those two points, which is sickening, but I want to get your understanding of it. Do you reckon there is a possibility of it coming about or do you, cause I hear people say Nuremberg left, right and center. And I, I'm like you, I'm, I'm definitely praying that it happens. Cause if what's going on is truly what's going on, and I believe highly that there's a high possibility, I'll be on my Fauci, there's a high possibility of the probability <laughs> that this could possibly happen to have occurred if we think about it in a way that it possibly could. So in no sense, in no, <laughs> in no sense, um, I do think uh, Nuremberg should happen if that is possibly to occur. How, what, what what are your thoughts on the entire Nuremberg discussion and if this is Nuremberg 2.0? I think that uh, if it's possible, see, I didn't know what you were talking about and I, I, I probably need to do a bit more reading into that um, because I don't want to keep, you know, saying that it's possible if it's not. Mm. Uh, we need to look at other angles. We don't want to waste our time on things that are that, that can't be done. Yeah. Uh, but if it, if it is possible... It will be the, I mean, it, it will require a global coordination from the other side. And this is why it's so important as well for us to connect with other countries and other people that are like-minded across the states in England, in Canada, everywhere, everywhere, and even, you know, all of Europe. Uh, we must be connecting with these individuals to see what they're doing, what progress mm. they've made. Because just like it's taken a global coordination to roll out this nonsense, it's going to take global coordination to to get rid of it. Now, yeah. that's, that's not to say that one country can't lead the way in doing that. Uh, you know, I believe Australia still has a very strong chance of it. But um, in order to help others, we've got to keep that global connection going before they cut us all off with Cyber Polygon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. They had that just not too long ago, eh? They had an entire yeah. uh, Event 201 style thing where they, you know, simulated the shutdown of the internet. Yeah, that's a scary thing if that's, that is to occur. You interviewed uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Levy. Um, we've been back and forth. We haven't gotten a time to get together what time were you did you interview him like a sydney time it was 4 p.m 4 p.m oh nice that's that's pretty good i had the australian he for some reason i do 2 a.m's for america it's it's ridiculous he'd just gotten back to a hotel he had some free time and he's like let's do it now and i'm like oh gosh jimmy it was right at the time <laughs> that the that the new south wales court case was was um outcome was being announced as well oh, and goodness. it was it was such a conflict but i'm like it's Jimmy Levy, just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I caught the start of the court case and I heard the way the judge was talking and I'm like, I don't think I want to listen to this anyway, to be honest with you. I, I, I could hear oh, the tone. Mate, um, yeah, it was, it was, that was, 
It was a ridiculous final day of court and some bullshit occurred. So, yeah, it was good that you didn't. So it was good to get, yeah, Jimmy out anyway and have a discussion with, with him. And, yeah, him him and Sandra uh, – no, Andrew Sedra – you also interviewed. So these two are both yes. re- religious religious guys. Are you are mm. you are you Christian or what's what's do yeah. you have you moved further into your faith during this entire ordeal of the world? Pretty well always strong uh, like pretty well a strong Christian at least for the past 8 years, but I did have uh a difficult time with my faith last year. Um you know, every- Everyone goes through tough patches, rough patches with their faith uh, at some point and where, where things go on that make you doubt, that make you waver in your faith. Um, there were a number of factors in my life at that time that, you know, made me think, gosh, like I, I, I thought my faith was strong and it's really not. Uh, moved away from the church as well and kind of went on my own path. Um, and then I, I guess I haven't been really back in church properly since, especially yeah. because of all of this. Um, but what it, you know, one of the reasons why I understand the new world order so well is because of what my faith teaches is going to happen in the last days. That's, that's one of the reasons I feel like, I just see it. Did you go to church as a, as a kid in that? So I was, I was, I was baptized as a kid and then I sort of drifted off when I had to go to, uh, is it Holy Communion when you, when you, in Catholic, you, you speak to the priest and that's probably not Holy Communion. It's, it's I, something. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, as soon as I was there, and then they were like, yeah, tell us uh, your deepest and darkest secrets. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'll talk to God about that. Like, I, I ain't sitting here, like, telling my deepest and darkest secrets. But yeah, I feel everyone's moved um, into a lot more into the faith, whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Christian, Buddhist. Um, whatever Hindu, whatever denomination or not denomination, but whatever religion and faith and uh, understanding of a higher source, I feel everyone's moved a lot closer to that, which is, which is amazing. That's why I was trying to say if you, if you during this time have gotten um, closer via this ordeal. I think that times of oppression and persecution naturally, um, Human beings are a curious thing. We, we, as long as life is good, we don't really tend to call out to God that much. Yeah. There's a, there's a saying, there's no, there are no atheists in foxholes. Uh, and that basically comes from, you know, when soldiers are in battle and they're, they're like hiding and the enemy's coming, all of a sudden everyone's calling out to God. Mm. Uh, it's, it, 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 <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it does take times of crisis and uncertainty for us to reach out to God. Thankfully, he's very gracious and he's merciful and he understands just how weak we are. <laughs> and, and he's there. He's there for that. And I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a Bible verse that says what the enemy intended for evil, the Lord will use for good. I think that um, this is definitely, you know, an evil plan, but so much good can come out of it. Now, from a Christian perspective, we've screamed end times plenty of times. I am certain that World War II, everyone thought, no, nah, this is it. Hitler is the Antichrist. We're done for. I don't want to make the mistake of saying this is the end. 
because because uh, yes, it is the first time we've seen this on a global scale, but it could just be a test run. I what I do know uh, is that if I didn't believe that we could win this thing, I wouldn't be fighting it. And even if we don't win, we have a hope in God. Mm. We have a hope in Jesus, right? So if, if, if he came back tomorrow, what would I want him to see me doing? Would I want him to see me fighting for the good of mankind? Or would I want him to see me sitting around feeling hopeless or waiting until this is done so that I can go back living to normal? Do you know what I mean? That yeah. That's my stance on that. No, that's a beautiful way of thinking about it as well. Like if he came down, what would you want? If God came down, what would you want him to see you doing? Yeah, that's, that's impactful. I think people should take that in definitely. And, and, put into action because what's happening right now is insane, man. It is nuts. And I do see us having a way out, but I, I don't think they're going to introduce um, different styles. Have you heard of the patch that they're trying to introduce now? There, there's, a, there's a new patch for COVID instead of the vaccine you put it on and it's supposed to get rid of your COVID. A COVID vaccine in a patch. The method is so simple, it could even be administered at home. It's about the size of a 50 cent piece and it's simple to apply. The tiny patch comes packaged in an applicator. One click and you're vaccinated. And then there's, yeah. there's, there's a COVID pill, which is a, a Pfizer Mectin. Like what's, what's, what's that about? Like, that's the nickname. That's the nickname, Pfizer Mactor. Yeah, like, uh, what's that about? Like, they're trying all you know, these different ways to get out of this, and I, I, there is no other way apart from. I believe if you're natural, and you've had COVID, which I, I think I've had already, um, and you've beaten it, I think the best that you can do is continue with fitness and nutrition. But you said, what, what's the best thing? What is the best thing? I want the best thing, Maria. What is it? What is the best thing? <laughs> the best thing? The best thing is natural immunity, according to the studies out of Israel. Not only that, Uttar Pradesh in India, Japan. Uh, we've had multiple locations that have used ivermectin and successfully overcome the problem of COVID. I don't deny that COVID exists. What, what it is exactly is yet to be determined, I think, under the microscope properly. But but um, but but I know that I I know that um, last year. In, in February when I got back from overseas. I got back two weeks before lockdown. I would have been stuck in Serbia. Oh. And um, <laughs> I, I, I got so sick that I couldn't, like, when I was trying to breathe, talk, it was like that, right? I couldn't walk from my couch to my kitchen sink without taking a break. I think I had it. Mm. Because I've been sick before, I've had bronchitis, I've had problems with my lungs, never anything like this. So uh, when I recovered from that, and I did recover with no medication, um, it was scary, but when I recovered, 
After that point, I have been, I have kissed and hugged that many people. I've kissed and hugged people that have been positive. Now, whether they were really positive or not with a faulty PCR is again to be determined. But the studies out of Israel show that natural immunity is 27 times more effective than whatever protection they're offering you with this vaccine. Mm. Natural immunity is possible, achievable, and the way to go. Then you should also be giving people alternative therapeutics like ivermectin, which has had proven studies. I interviewed Dr. Tess Laurie a while ago. She did a systematic review of ivermectin. She's currently an external consultant to the World Health Organization. Her article, her, her, her study was rated number six in the American Journal, I believe it was, where she published it. And she submitted it to the World Health Organization and they refused to look at it. And uh, there's apparently a lot of holes in the ones that have been put through. There's 15 major studies of ivermectin that's uh, accepted and has been um, put through as official. And yeah. there's there's a like plethora of other ones that, that look amazing. And by other doctors, they've been judged as amazing. But the ones that actually have been put through, they've been completely scrutinized because there's holes throughout the study. And I don't, I don't understand how we have gotten to a stage where even the peer review system is compromised. Well, if those same studies were to be submitted for these vaccines and you were to scrutinize the vaccines as much as everything else has been scrutinized these things should have been pulled off the shelves months ago months ago you are talking about over 100,000 cardiac problems currently sitting sitting in the world health organization digi access uh, reporting system you are talking about over 1 million neurological problems and this is just what they've got in their system, bearing in mind that the TGA are only reporting 10%, roughly. CDC are only reporting in some locations 1% of the adverse reactions. So we don't even have enough, those numbers um, are, are a fraction, a tiny fraction of how many people have actually experienced adverse events across the nation, uh, across the globe. Ivermectin, uh, in, 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 the, um, in the court case, the New South Wales court case with AFL solicitors, they had an expert on who's treated 6,000 COVID patients. Out of 6,000, 5,996 of them successfully recovered with ivermectin. Two of those patients were already seven days into the virus, so not early treatment, and two of them were virtually dead on arrival. 5,996 people successfully treated. Now, they deemed Christine McCartney a better expert than who's never treated a COVID patient but is happy to receive $65 million in grants for mm. vaccines, a better expert than someone who's actually successfully treated people. There is, it's so corrupt. It, it is so corrupt. And I've had people that blame this, this entire thing on the incompetency of government bodies or incompetency of politicians. No, mate, this is the corruption and the deep corruption and things like this should show you that in our courts, in our governing bodies, globally, mm. globally. Before I let you go, what, what, for, the, for those that just don't see it, like they just don't see uh, what's happening. They, they, for whatever reason, why they're stuck 
in their ways. They say that 20% of people you can never, um, actually an impactful study, which is very interesting. In 2011, there was a scientific study that showed that 11% of people can change 100% of thought. So if you have a, a body that's, that's, uh, I believe that's why they're trying to get to that 90% uh, so heavily and they, they want to get past the 89 so hard. Uh, whether their stats are true or not, I don't know. If the media's lied so much, I don't believe that their stats are true. So an interesting one is that that percentage can change the entire population's perspective percentage if they don't waver in thought. However, they also say that 20% people can never have their minds changed. They'll always, uh, you know, if they if they believe in the government so, so much. And the government's really never done anything really that amazing for the people since the beginning of time. Uh, so for those people, what would you say to them? Where where can they go? Where can they uh, find things? What should they be looking for? Uh, what do you look for on a day-to-day? When you're going to do your research, where do you go? And what do you look for when you're doing the research? First and foremost, um, are you okay? If you are, if you are on, if you are someone who trusts in mainstream science, mainstream media, your government, all of that sort of stuff. Are you okay with making up your mind based on one opinion, one narrative? Are you okay with not having your thought process and your beliefs challenged? Because me personally, I look for pro-vaxxers. I look for people to disagree with me so that I can have my views challenged and make sure that I'm certain of what I believe in. If you are only looking for people that agree with you, first of all, that's not an intelligent thing to do. So if you think you're intelligent, you're not. Second, uh, it's, it's, it, will, it will limit the amount of information that you can get as an individual because you're, just, you're in an echo chamber. You need people that disagree with you, that challenge you, so that you can be sure of what you believe in as well. You stay open-minded and look at other sources, look at social media accounts, ask yourself, why are they so censored? Is it misinformation or is there, is there some merit to what they're saying? Look at some of the stuff that they put out there and do your own research. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Who the heck wants to be right about the global governments trying to kill their people and cause destruction? No one wants that. It's not fun to wake up every morning and go, I can't wait to see how the government are trying to screw us now. It's not fun. It's heavy. It's heavy. So why would someone, you know, look, you know, think of me. Why would someone leave a six-figure salary to do this for free and be so damn adamant about it if they weren't onto something. Mm. Go to alternative sources. Listen to the doctors and the scientists that are being censored. You can find them. Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, I hope I said that right, Dr. Um, uh, Robert Malone, uh, two really big names. Dr. Robert Malone is one of the architects of mRNA technology. You should be listening to this guy when he's telling you this is dangerous. You know, and just make up your mind when you've had when the opportunity to listen to a balanced view. 
all sides of the argument. Otherwise, you haven't made an informed choice. Completely agree. Lovely. It's been amazing. You're a legend. Continue what you're doing. And uh, I I love to see the growth of alternate media in Australia, especially in Sydney. I think you're a big, big, big part of that. And uh, I, I think there's, I think change is coming and it's people like you that are bringing it. So I truly appreciate and thank you for your time and coming on. And being in a new new spot, in a new spot. <laughs> we had some technical issues, but that's all right. All good, all good. Thank you so yeah. much, lovely. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me.